Welcome to another episode of What Makes an Earth. My name's Hannah and I'm a nurse. In each episode of this podcast, I interview a different nurse from a different speciality. I ask them questions about why they wanted to be nurses, their hopes and aspirations for the future, some of the different job roles they've had within the nursing profession, all with the goal of trying to find out what makes a nurse. I'm really excited to welcome you to this brand new series. If you haven't listened to us before, welcome. You can also listen to all our previous episodes on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. I really do love hearing your feedback, so be sure to follow me on Instagram and on Twitter. All the information is in the podcast description. And if you really enjoy the podcast, please be sure to leave us a five-star review on whichever platform you're listening to this on, as that means more people can find us and listen to us too. Now all the formalities are out of the way, I'm really excited to introduce you to this week's guest. This week, I'm speaking to Claire. Claire graduated in January 2020 and went straight into GP nursing as a newly qualified nurse. Before qualifying, she worked within sexual health, elderly care and with young adults with learning disabilities and has worked in healthcare for around 11 years in total. She is currently in the middle of writing a book to be published specifically for student nurses with the aim of helping them through their nursing career. Claire is passionate about LGBTQIA equality and has just set up Understanding Transgender Health webinars to educate fellow healthcare professionals. So without further ado, here is Claire. So Claire, why did you want to be a nurse? Um, loads of different reasons, really. It kind of started when I was about seven and I was brought up by my nan and granddad. And my granddad took sick. He had cancer and he's a very stubborn man and he wanted to sort of be cared for at home. He refused to go into hospital. So we had the district nurses and things out. And I just remember looking at the nurses and thinking, oh, my God, these are amazing people. I didn't fully understand what was going on because I was only seven at the time. But I knew I had that initial admiration for the nursing profession from a young age I just never thought it would be me if that makes sense yeah and then it wasn't until well later on really that I started working a care home for the elderly and I just I fell in love with it and I fell in love with nursing and I was always curious because we didn't have nurses in that care home um, it was a residential home so we had the district nurses again coming in and I just used to go with them and sit with them and I was just so interested in what they were doing and I just loved it. And I just thought, do you know what, this is where I'm supposed to be, I think, because at the time I was I was um, before care work, I did hospitality because I didn't know what I wanted to do in life. And then I definitely found my calling from from there on. <laughs> yeah, it's so amazing that you had that positive experience at such a like, yeah. young age as well. That's, that's clearly influenced you to this day. So that's really yeah. lovely to hear. How was your experience as a student nurse? Did you enjoy your training? Oh God, yeah. I absolutely loved every second of my student. I'm still grieving for my student days. <laughs> it's been like just over two years now since I qualified. But I loved it. And I think a lot of that was very much my own mindset, I think. 
because it was tough. We we obviously have a lot of exams. There's a lot of um, placements, the assignments that you have to do. There's so much that you have to do. And it does sort of weigh you down sometimes. So for me, I kept motivated by sounds weird but bug doing more <laughs> so yeah I would, I would just get involved in everything at university like all the society stuff I was doing extra curricular stuff around university volunteering charity work and it just kept me so motivated and to be honest I didn't expect that when I first started university I just I just wanted to get my head down qualify and that'd be the end of it but it wasn't till about sort of halfway through first year we had um I think it was called staying successful event at university that was put on and it was like a motivational sort of day Mm -hmm. to sort of keep people going in a way and it was someone I can't remember his name oh Dave Keeley I think David Keeley he's like a comedian motivational speaker that come to speak to us and it's one thing that he said in particular that was you know do you want to spend the rest of your three years at uni two and a half years at uni then sort of getting your head down just passing and then regretting not doing enough and that really sort of hit me I think at that point I thought do you know what he's right because that was me I was just wanted to pass uni I just wanted to get through it and I wasn't making the most of the university experience and everything that I could do and the networks that I made along the way and that just really changed and it was like a light bulb just switched on in my head and I was like right this is it I'm on the ball now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah I think as student nurses people think that we literally can't do anything else we're just we can only do our degree and because it is so full-on you know we we have like two weeks in the summer but yeah being a part of things and having that university experience is just as important for us as for any uni student that's it yeah definitely definitely keeps me motivated anyway (laughs) (laughs) um so obviously you then graduated two years ago and you went into GP nursing what drew you to that and um what do you love so much about it Again, I wasn't really expecting to love GP. I didn't even think about GP nursing because I don't feel like it's out there as much. Like university don't really speak about it as much and things like that. So I've never thought about it before. Just before I started university, I was working in sexual health for nearly six years as a HCA. And that was my plan. I was going to do university, go back to sexual health as a sexual health nurse. And it wasn't until my second year when I had a GP placement. And it was just amazing. Like it was the first time that people weren't calling me the student anymore. Like they gave me a name and they made me feel like a nurse. Like I had my own name tag. I had my own little room with my name on it. And I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I just fell in love with it all. And I said, you know what, this is where I need to be. And from that moment on, I just, that's what I'd be lined for is GP nursing. Yeah, I'm actually speaking to a lot of GP nurses and the name on the door is a definite draw. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, I've got my own name on my door. It's weird. No, it's, it's very impressive. Um, you mentioned <laughs> working in sexual health as a healthcare assistant yeah. for six years before. How has that influenced you as a nurse today? And um, has it given you any valuable skills that you bring forward? Yeah, I think so. Because as as a HCA, we still did a lot in sexual health. So we did a lot of the history taking with patients. We would um, like do the swab testing and stuff like that, taking blood. So I got my sort of venipuncture skills as a HCA before I started uni. So little things like that has really given me those sort of clinical sort of skills that helped, especially with GP nursing as well, and bringing that sexual health experience into GP nursing because there's not much, I think, there's a bit of training, but there's not as much, I think, for GP nurses. So it was really useful to use those skills as a GP nurse. Seeing the nurses around me as well and how empathetic they were to nurses, um, nurses to patients. 
and that sort of non-judgmental approach with patients because you see everybody coming through the door you don't know what they've been through what's happened to them in their lives what they get up to behind closed doors so it's really nice to see um, how the nurses were and that was kind of inspiring to me as well thinking do you know what that's the nurse that I kind of want to be yeah did you find at any point because you obviously went into being a student nurse with some skills already like taking gloves yeah. and things like that did you find it quite difficult because obviously student nurses aren't allowed to do those sort yeah. of things so did you actually <laughs> find it quite difficult that you have to sort of take a step back it in a way so frustrating because I was like, oh, I could do these bloods. And I, there'd, there'd be all these tricky veins that people couldn't get. And I'm like, I could so get this. I'm sure I could yeah. get this if I just tried. And you just can't. Because I think it's something to do with the insurance that it doesn't cover yeah. you as a student nurse. But yeah, it was really frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely imagine. Now, it's really hard to do a nursing podcast and not talk about the last couple of years, the pandemic. How was it for you working through the pandemic? Because obviously you would have just qualified when the pandemic yeah. started. Um, and what challenges did you face and what challenges do you still face? For me, um, I think at the beginning, because it was so new and nobody really knew how it was going to affect people and what was happening. So for us, our clinics were reduced. We were still seeing patients like we've always seen patients face to face. But our clinics were reduced to sort of more urgent cases. So anyone that needed like urgent ECGs or the wound dressings, we still had to see because there was a risk of sepsis, urgent bloods and things like that that had to be done. So we still saw patients, but it was massively reduced. And then because as a GP nurse, especially newly qualified or even new to GP, you need to go on a a separate course to sort of gain the skills for cervical screening and uh, baby immunizations and stuff like that. And all of that was just cancelled. So I felt like at the start the probably the first 10 months I think it was I was just stuck doing the same things over and mm. over like the things that I could do um like some basic wound dressings I could do some injections um I had some trait I had some competency stuff to do my blood so I could do the bloods and ECGs I could do but I felt like I was just stuck doing the same thing because all my courses were sort of put back so it was, that was really frustrating as well and then eventually I did do my course and passed everything, which was good. Well done. <laughs> um, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> and then again, with infection control and stuff, washing down all those rooms and like we needed extra time between patients and the way we managed patients. Like, so we had to have patients come in at different times of the day and things like that. It was really tricky, I think, for whoever was managing it. But they somehow seemed to do it and it worked well for us. So it was quite nice. So, yeah, it was tricky in that sense. And but other than that, I think it was okay. Like I feel I feel guilty because I know as a GP nurse where I was working, we were very protected that their first thought was we need to protect the staff as well as the patients. And we need to give them all of the PPE they need and stuff like that. And I know people didn't have that. I know some of my friends that were working at the hospitals, they didn't get PPE and they were at risk of actually one of them caught COVID as a result. And it's just horrible for people. So I feel very fortunate, even though, yeah, it was weird and it was difficult, but actually I was very fortunate in in my role and what we were doing. Yeah, no, you definitely shouldn't feel guilty at all. Like, you know, and it is quite sad that you have to say that you felt fortunate. Um, But thank you for your hard work, because, you know, without you guys in the community, some of the stuff we would get, you know, working in hospital, like you yeah. kept a lot of it back, you know, <laughs> yeah. and you really did help us. So thank you for your oh. hard work. If no one has said okay. that already so, and don't feel guilty. Because, <laughs> no, you know, it's it's the protection you deserved. It's just a shame that everyone else got it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> 
Um, so you've been a huge part of the GPN Student and Nurse Network. Can you talk to me a bit about the network, its purpose and how you got involved? Yeah, so this was set up in October 2018. Um, I joined as a student nurse um, after my sort of um, GP placement. I was like blogging and stuff about, about GP nurse and how much I loved it and stuff like that. And I got invited to sort of join the GPN SNN as part of that. And it's amazing. So it's a network. It's run by sort of NHS England. And we sort of we go to universities, conferences and things like that to talk to students, nurses, anyone that listen really about GP nursing and dispelling those myths that are out there about nursing and giving advice and tips and information to people on how they can become a GP nurse and the role and the skills that they might need for that and things. And we've got social media, obviously. So we do all the social media stuff as well to help promote it and things. Yeah. Yeah, no, I see you all the time on Twitter. What advice would you give to nurses that want to be a part of change within healthcare? Because I feel like that network is one of those ways you can do that. What sort of advice would you give to people who want to get involved in that way? Yeah, I think just doing the small things like people think about change and they think, oh, my God, it has to be this big grand gesture Mm. or something. But actually, it's always like the little things that just make that big difference. It's I always call it like the ripple effects, because just just that one little like stone throw can just cause such a big ripple effect of change across nursing really well like the GPN SNN has sort of raised the profile I think of GP nurses and we get so many emails and stuff now saying oh my god how do I become a GP nurse this sounds amazing so just doing little things like social media and posting and things like that and making those networks with people um, within the NHS like not being afraid to speak to Ruth May for example like don't be afraid to approach her or your chief exec because they're all really genuinely lovely people and they are so open to change it is unreal like I've gone to them a couple of times with things and they've been like oh my god yeah let's do this let's try this so it's just not being afraid of change because change is always going to (laughs) happen it's just the way that people go about it like you can't go in all guns blazing it's just doing the the small things that are going to make the bigger impacts and for the colleagues and patients and things yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. It's everyone thinks I have to make this massive change, yeah. like reshape the healthcare system. But actually, it. the things that make the difference are those little small things. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, impacting personal, like individual lives is, is where the yeah, difference will yeah, be made. Yeah, that's it. I'm just going to add no, to the change. Go. I don't know if you've heard of... Um, the Fab Academy or the Academy of Fab Stuff. Oh, no. Oh, you need to look them up. If anyone's not heard of them, they're amazing. So just talking about change. So what they do, they anyone that's put things in place that's working well for them, like systems and stuff like that, that they've put in place in the workplace and they think, oh, God, this is really good. They share it with the Academy of Fab Stuff. And then it all goes on the website. They share it on social media and stuff for other people to see. So then they can implement it into their practice, if that makes oh, sense. Because oh, they can go, brilliant. oh, that's a really good idea. I'm going to take that on board. And it's really good for networking with other nurses yeah. in UK as well to just get some ideas and bounce off each other and see how things are working in other areas and things like that it's it's really good yeah yeah sharing all the good things and sharing all the good stuff yeah it's the ripple ripple effect you were talking about Speaking of making changes in healthcare, you are definitely making an impact. You've presented webinars on understanding transgender healthcare yeah. in particular. Um, can you talk to me a bit about that and why it's so important for our fellow healthcare professionals to understand and be aware? 
So I became really passionate about this, again, as a GP nurse. Um, when I first started, I had some transgender patients come in for their hormone treatments. And it wasn't until, it's probably really naive of me, but it wasn't probably until that moment when I had those patients that I thought, actually, I've never had any training on this. I've never, mm-hmm. no one's ever spoke to me about transgender healthcare, how the hormones affect the body, what I'm giving this for, things like that. So I wanted to know more. So I went to the GP partner at the time and I said, I really want more training on transgender healthcare. And they were just like, there's nothing. I was like, what do you mean there's nothing? <laughs> so they sent me to like an LGBT basic sort of webinar. And I was like, oh, this isn't what I wanted. Yeah. So I started doing my own research. So literally over like the last 18 months, I've been just researching, researching into all all of it, basically, and finding guidelines and evidence. And the more I researched into it, um, the more I found there's a lot of gaps within healthcare for transgender patients. There's a lot of things missing for transgender patients. And I don't want to say discrimination, but there is some form of discrimination within healthcare for transgender patients. I don't want to say that anyone would ever do that directly or on purpose I think it's very much there's just a lack of education a lack of training and people aren't aware of things and that's where the the problem's coming in and I took social media as well so I went and found a lot of transgender people I've made some really good friends from it as well which has been really nice to to speak to them to set up meetings and speak to them and get their experiences what they've been through what they're going through and I worked with my friend Eva on sort of setting up some powerpoints and things like that because I want to make sure I get it right because I don't want to say terminology wrong or anything Mm. like that so I got my friend Eva who's a trans woman she's very good actually she's a very big activist um, for trans healthcare and patients and stuff like that and she just checked all over and said yeah change this because there was a few little bits that I just worded Mm. wrong and she said this could be seen as offensive so just word it this way just word it that way and then we put it out there (laughs) so yeah so me and George run run the webinars now and they've gone really well we've done a few now and we've got really good engagement really good conversations as well from people and a couple of universities have asked us to sort of present it to them as well so that's been really really good because that's where we need to go I think student nurses to sort of change the future (laughs) yeah and I because I distinctly remember it was as a student nurse it was just on a general surgical ward and one of the patients came up to me well wrote a note and said I'm transgender I need like I want help and advice and I was like I have no idea I have no idea how to help this person and you know luckily there was an amazing ward manager that was able to help and guide them in the right direction but you know when you've got a young person in particular it's the student nurses they're going to go to because you know they're going to be in a similar age range sometimes so they're going to feel more comfortable going to them probably because yeah. they, they'll know they'll be probably taken more seriously more accepted and yeah. no judgment yeah but we're not equipping no people for those situations yeah yeah exactly yeah and I think especially within healthcare there's a lot of things at the minute around that we need the biological sex rather than gender of patients and I think that's sort of confusing things a little bit at the minute um from what I've seen across social media but no one no one's sort of taken away the fact that biological sex has to come into things within healthcare you know if something's going wrong with that particular organ you're, you're going to need to know about it but it's about how we manage working together and respecting a transgender person's gender and um, working together to sort of make them respected and maintain that dignity and not discriminate as a result, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it's that word, isn't it? Maintaining dignity. That is what we do as nurses. And we need to do that for everyone. And 
for different people it's going to require different things and we need to know how to do it yeah yeah that's it you mentioned briefly that you have a blog I also noticed you have a YouTube channel can you tell me (laughs) a little bit about them and why you started them again it was first year after that um sort of event that I went to and I thought I need to start doing more and I know as I was looking for advice and tips and stuff like that on university and nursing there wasn't much out there it was a lot of American-based companies a lot of American students and nurses yeah. doing it um so I thought I want to set something up for the UK and try and get something out there to sort of show my journey of nursing and sort of give help and advice as I'm going through it if that makes sense mm. um, so that was my main aim really and if it helped anyone along the way then that was just a massive bonus and then I started with blogging actually because I wasn't I wasn't brave enough for YouTube or anything like that at the time so I was like I'll start with blogging see how that goes and then um some I can't remember who it was one of my friends just said if you're going to start YouTube, just don't think about what people are going to think about you. Think about it, making a change or making a difference. Just you have to forget that anyone's going to see it. Just record it and put it out there and that's it. And that's always in the back of mind. Every time I do a video, anything I do now is just in the back of my mind. No one's going to see it. It's fine. Just record it, put it out there and that's it. <laughs> and that just helps me get through it. <laughs> that's it. You can't think about what if and the things. It's just you just got to do it. And yeah. Yeah. What role do you think social media has in nursing? Because I know it's quite a controversial. Yeah. I remember at university being told, don't get involved with it. But obviously, as I've qualified yeah, and same. gone through the years, yeah. I've seen a huge benefit to it. What are your thoughts and opinions? I'm the same. Um, when we first started uni, we were, you know, we had all the values and you can't do this, you can't do that. And MC will have you if you start posting things on social media and things like that. And I was just like, whoa. <laughs> Um, so I was a bit cautious. I did change all of my social media as well after the, hearing that. So I was like, oh gosh, let me just go through all my pictures. What have I got online? And it really made you think actually of what you're putting out there. But then again, at that event that I went to in first year, they had um, a screen in the background with tweets and stuff like that. And I was like, huh, this is really exciting. And then I started getting involved in the tweets and then it started from there really. So I started tweeting a lot and I, I made Twitter my main professional sort of um mm-hmm use of social media if that makes sense so I'd post all of my nursing stuff anything that I'd learned along the way I'd post it I'd share it um my blog's a GP nursing as well I would share tag people in them so they could see them and for me it just opened loads of opportunities um like I said like the GPN SNN was a massive opportunity I was uh, given the opportunity to sort of speak at a conference as well as a student nurse in a room full of GPs and GP nurses and that was terrifying <laughs> but I did it so it's targeted it was targeting those people and saying you know what you make a difference to student nurses and placements and all of this all of the skills and the value you can bring to us you kind of need to hear that and hopefully open your doors to us <laughs> yeah but yeah definitely it's just you get so many opportunities if you use social media right it's, it's really good yeah um you're obviously a very busy person what do you do in your free time to just relax and decompress <laughs> You don't seem to have the time. <laughs> no. I am always on the go, to be fair. Um, not a lot, really. Like, I go out for food with friends. Uh, obviously, the pandemic was a bit tough with that. Oh, but during that, I found rock, rock painting, which was really oh. therapeutic. I love rock painting. I don't know if you've heard of it before. <laughs> yeah, but it's so niche. That's such a niche thing to get it into. <laughs> it's so nice. And uh, what else do I do? I don't actually know what I do. 
I sit and watch telly. I sit, I, I watch really mind numbing telly that I don't have to think about, like married at first sight. <laughs> yeah. Totally so I can switch there. off, not focus and just be like, yeah, this is good. <laughs> if you can think that far ahead, you may not be thinking, but what are your plans for the future? What are your sort of hopes and aspirations in your career? Mine changes all the time. <laughs> like it's changed so much. Since the- <laughs> unreal. But now I think with all the um, transgender healthcare and stuff like that, I would love to do more of that and try and set some things up possibly in the future, like maybe some clinics um, within the NHS would be absolutely amazing. I would love to see that happen. That is my main focus at the minute and doing more webinars and stuff like getting into unis and things like that. And yeah, hopefully making a change in that way. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's brilliant. I obviously have my final question now. So big drum roll. (laughs) Um, What makes a nurse? Oh gosh, Uh, so many things. Um, You have to be a jack of all trades (laughs) because you need to do absolutely everything, even changing a light bulb if you need it. (laughs) I think having just genuine care for people that you really have to care about the other person and care and care about what you're doing and because if you haven't got that care initially to care for people (laughs) if that makes sense then the best practice is just going to go out the window so you really need to have that initial I really want to care and make a change to somebody's life I really want to help people and being empathetic as well is definitely a massive plus because you you sort of need to kind of have some sort of level of empathy, I think, for the other person and what they're going through to be able to give that care to them, which can be hard sometimes, especially if you haven't gone through what they've gone through. But just having that level of understanding, maybe that um, sometimes it's quite serious um, and it doesn't matter what's going on in your life, in your home life. You have to learn to shut that door and put on that brave face and put on that smile and just give the best care you can to your patients knowledge we have to be knowledgeable (laughs) you know nursing is evolving massively so having that knowledge base as well the anatomy physiology and stuff like that really makes a massive difference when you can just see something happen in someone and you're putting that anatomy and physiology that you learn at uni into your patient it's just amazing to see it happen before your eyes and you're like oh my god I know this (laughs) yeah thank you so much that was a perfect answer thank you thank you for being on my podcast (laughs) thank you for having me it's been lovely It really was lovely. Thank you so much, Claire, for being such a truly incredible guest and raising some really important issues and things that we need to talk about more as healthcare professionals. So thank you so much for that. And all of you listening, I hope you had a lovely time as well. I will put all of Claire's social media in the podcast description so you can go follow her where you would like to. I will also put information about her and George's transgender webinars so you can get more information about those as well. I will of course leave my social media handles in the podcast description too. I'd love to hear your feedback about every podcast so please feel free to message me. Again I'm going to remind you to be sure to leave a five-star review for this podcast so then more and more people can listen to it and also to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to this on. I hope you can join us next week for another episode where I'll be speaking to another nurse from another speciality. So until then, bye bye.
This podcast was written and created by me. All views expressed by myself are my own. All views expressed by my guests are their own.